Yeah, God is good. God is good. Let's just thank God for his word. Okay. Lord God, we thank you so much that you've given us your word in scripture. And Lord, please um, enlighten our hearts, enlighten our minds so that we can receive your, your truth and your love through your word, the scripture. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Right. So we're continuing the series on the Minor Prophets, and we're going to do the book of Joel. Um, Joel is called a minor prophet because the book is only three chapters long. But I feel that what he says is such sort of groundbreaking, earth-shattering stuff. Really, sort of, he deserves to be promoted to the Premier League, really. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, Steve, is it possible to put up Joel chapter 2 on the screen? Getting pleasantly warm now. I can take one of my layers off. I've got four layers on this morning. I needed them all. Oh, oh. Rachel, help me. I think I'm tangled. <laughs> can you untangle me? I should have taken my layers off. Uh -huh. Great. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, I'll just hold it, shall I? <laughs> Rachel, you're very kind. Thanks for that. Of course, now I'm standing next to the radiators, I'll start getting hotter and hotter. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> okay. There we go. <sighs> so let's just read the scripture and let's receive what God has to say for us. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. First thing I'd like us to think about is that little word, all. Okay, second line, you know, God, gracious, God graciously says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So, um, all people, does that include you? Yeah? Everybody, yeah? God wants to pour out his spirit on, on you? On you, all people. So, uh, you know, take heart, be encouraged, be confident, because God wants to pour out his spirit on you. And that is very, very good news. God says, I will pour out my spirit, pour out my spirit. Isn't that wonderful? So when God says he's going to pour out his spirit, is it going to be like when you go to a posh restaurant? And you order your coffee, and along with the lumpy, the funny lumpy sugar cubes, they give you a little tiny jug of milk about that big. And then when you pour out your milk into your coffee, you should go. <laughs> is it going to be like when God says that He will pour out His Spirit on His people? Is it sort of like that, or should we rather imagine God with sort of the most enormous bucket in the world? And God says, 
He will, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So you're here. There's God with his enormous bucket. He's going to pour out his spirit on you. So, yeah, what, what, what do you reckon it's like? Is it like the little milk jug or is it like a massive bucket? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, God wants to pour out his spirit on all people. Yeah. So all people, please don't exclude yourself. Yeah. Think of all the reasons you've ever said to yourself about why you're excluded from God's blessings and then just say no. Think of all the little inferiorities and hang-ups you might have, all the ways that you think you're different. They and just choose to ignore them, okay? Because they don't matter. Uh, God says he will pour out his spirit on all people. All people includes you. And um, God is enormously generous. God loves to give. God is a giving God. God loves to give good gifts. And God says he will pour out his spirit. It's what we call grace. Um, you'll often hear Christians talking about grace. And when we say about grace, we mean that God wants to give us good things and we don't deserve it. Yeah, There's no possible way that we can ever do anything to earn brownie points with God. You know. There's nothing we can do to earn God's gifts, and yet God wants to give us good gifts. That's what we call grace. Grace is really important to our understanding of our relationship with God. And this passage is all about God's grace. Yeah, um, God is generous. He wants to pour out his spirit on us in a very generous, big way. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Notice spirit has got a capital S. My spirit got a capital S. Sorry, sorry, Shane. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, any more? He's holy, yeah, Dennis, thank you. He's holy, yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we give, but in the English translations of the Bible, we put a capital S with spirit because the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is part of God. Okay, God is the Trinity. We have God the Father. We have God the Son, Jesus Christ. And we have God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus God, the Holy Spirit. This is the Trinity. They are equal. They are all together. They are God. So when God says that he will pour out his spirit, it's actually part of God's essence, part of God's being. God is graciously giving us part of his very self. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. So, um, does that sound exciting? Does that sound something that you want? Yeah? Hallelujah. Yeah, good stuff. Right. Let's just look at some context. So um, Joel, he's an Old Testament writer. Uh, as far as we know, he lived round about 800 BC. 
So he lived hundreds of years before the time when Jesus came to the earth and walked as a man. Um, so th things were very different at the time when Jesus wrote these words. Sorry, when Joel wrote these words, yeah. Um, because in Old Testament times, or the Old Covenant, as we call it, um, it seems that the Holy Spirit was kind of reserved for special people and special occasions. We read in the Old Testament, for example, that uh, God poured out his spirit on King Saul, and King Saul prophesied, but then a bit later, the spirit left King Saul again. You know, so that uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out in the Old Testament times, but it seems to be just for special people, special occasions. You know, King Saul, we read about Samson, for example, the Holy Spirit came upon Samson. Um, so, yeah, in, in Old Covenant times, the Holy Spirit was, was not poured out to everybody. But here, Joel is looking forward to the future. So Joel is writing roughly 800 BC, and he's prophesying. He's looking forward to the time after Jesus has been crucified. And when the Holy Spirit is then poured out upon the church, basically. And then the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people in this great and generous outpouring. Now, um, all people means all kinds of people. Um, obviously, in Old Covenant times, it was God mainly dealt with. Um, you know, the Jewish people, God's favor, God's activity was mostly focused on the Jewish people. That was the old covenant. Um, but, in, but under the new covenant in Jesus Christ, you know, God's spirit is poured out on all people. So you don't have to be Jewish. You can be Chinese. <laughs> You could be Russian, you could be from South America, you can be from Africa, you can be from Fiji. Um, <laughs> and funny enough, you, you can even be English and God will still pour out his Holy Spirit upon you, you know? It, it seems like English people are the least likely people to, for God to bless with his Holy Spirit because, you know, we're so stuffy, we're boring. <laughs> and yet, yeah, yeah, God says that... Uh, God graciously says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, even English people. <laughs> you know, um, now then. Right, let's read it through again. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. So. What does it mean when we say your sons and daughters will prophesy? I think prophesy just means that we're speaking the positive truth of God, basically. So we, we've seen examples of prophecy this morning. We had a prophecy from Trevor, who he's just said that God wants to touch somebody's life 
in a very special way today. Basically, that's God's truth. When you speak out God's truth, God's positive truth, then that's prophecy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Well, a few months ago, we were meeting in Cine World. But there were lots of old men. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. But, you know, there, <laughs> there were lots of old men who dreamed dreams that, yeah, we would have a, a place of our own, you know. And here it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And there are lots of young men who had visions, yeah. You dream dreams, you, you see visions. Basically, it means you see the future as God wants you to see it. You have faith. And um, through the eyes of faith, you see the future as God wants you to see it. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will, will see visions. Right. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And then if we go down to verse 29, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. So in Joel's time, you know, old under the old covenant in the old Jewish nation, you know, men were seen as being very important. And women were regarded as slightly less important. You know, it was a very patriarchal sort of society. And Joel is prophesying that under the new covenant in Jesus Christ, um, men and women have equal status. And it's very important to remember that men and women have equal status under the new covenant. God says graciously he will pour out his spirit on all people on sons and daughters, and on men and women. Now then, if you are a woman, if you've come from a culture where women are so denigrated, if in your upbringing you've ever felt that as a woman or as a female, you're not important, then you know this is God saying to you that I want to bless you. And, you know, God wants to pour out his spirit on his sons and daughters, on his servants, both men and women. Um, so it's very important to recognize that God wants to pour out his spirit on women and men. Um, there is an enormous difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And under the new covenant in, G in Jesus Christ, um, women are of equal equal status with men, and God will indeed bless them, and God will indeed pour out his spirit upon them. As we know, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Who does the most prophesying around here? <laughs> Pauline, wave a hand. No, seriously, um, we, we recognize that Pauline is brings much good prophecy to us, you know, um, including, of course, many prophecies that we would take over a building such as this. <laughs> yeah, so the, I'm trying not to look at anybody when I say the old men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yeah, the, the old men have had, had that dream, you know, 
and the daughters have been prophesying that, yeah, that we would not have to meet in a cinema every week, but no, that we could have our own building. And hallelujah for that. Oh, yes. And notice, yeah, look at verse 29 again. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. I'm just thinking when, when Jesus was ministering on the earth, Jesus cared about the common people, you know. Um, when Jesus ministered on earth, the posh people hated him. You know, the religious bigwigs hated him. All the kings wanted to kill him. But the common, the poor people loved Jesus. And Jesus ministered to the poor people, and the poor people heard him gladly. And I wonder, in this prophecy from Joel, who is looking forward to the time of Jesus, even on my servants, I will pour out my spirit. Yeah? Just as Jesus loved the common people, then God says he will pour out his spirit on his servants. So, yeah, I mean, who's got a... A boring job. <laughs> Who's got a pretty menial job? You know, we're just servants. And yet God says he will pour out his spirit upon us. Hallelujah. How are we doing for time? Not too bad. Right, right. I wonder, could we please fast forward to Acts chapter one, do you reckon? <laughs> Okay, so there's Joel, and he's speaking 800 or so years before the time when Jesus came to earth. But he's a prophet, and he's prophesying that the Holy Spirit will be poured out. Now then, as you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son came to earth as the man Jesus Christ. And he lived among us. He was full of grace. He was full of truth. Um, Jesus, God the Son in Jesus, he was crucified and he died. He was dead for three days. After three days, God raised Jesus. And the man Jesus who was dead was miraculously made alive by God the Father. In the book of Acts, we read about what happened after the resurrection. Yeah, and imagine what it must have been like to have been one of the one of the disciples of Jesus. Imagine what it was like to see your friend, the man you admired, to see Jesus on that cross, and um, the fact that he was dead. You know, your friend was dead, and he died a horrible death. And yet these same disciples, you know, they witnessed Jesus's resurrection. These same guys, they, they met Jesus after God miraculously brought him back to life. And, um, you know, we're told in the book of Acts that, that Jesus walked on the earth after he died and after he came back to life again. Jesus walked on earth for about 40 days. So for 40 days, the risen Jesus Christ, the man, 
the resurrected Jesus Christ walked on earth for about 40 days. I'll just read it. So after his suffering, that's after the crucifixion, he showed himself to these men, that's the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Imagine that, he was dead. They saw him dead. They saw a Roman soldier pierce, him, pierce his side with a, a spear. And yet he, uh, he gave them many proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Imagine that, eh? So in, in the book of in the prophecy of Joel, Joel speaks about the fact that God wants to pour his spirit upon us. And now here's Jesus saying that we will be oh, sorry, can we go back to five again? Sorry. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. That we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Has anybody been baptized recently? Hey, uh, hallelujah. When you're when you're baptized, yeah, the water goes whoosh, all over you. Yeah. And Jesus says, you know, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying, yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, will wash all over you in great power. Like a great wave of, you've ever stood in the sea and a thumping big wave comes along, goes all over you, yeah? That's what it's like, yeah? Only that wave is God's love. It's God's power. It's God's holiness, yeah? That wave is God's love, God's Holy Spirit, part of God's very being. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, yeah? That wave will come and wash all over you. Okay, Stephen, can we move along? Okay. Um, actually, I'm still in Joel in my Bible here. Right. Okay, verses six and seven, the disciples are getting confused again. Uh, it's very heartening to know that the disciples, the disciples were so slow at understanding what Jesus was trying to tell them. So, um, you know, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, they're banging on about politics again. They're, they're thinking about evicting the Romans from Israel. But, you know, they're completely barking up the wrong tree. Uh, so Jesus just ignores all that. <laughs> and then here we are, verse 8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So basically, 
Joel was prophesying about the moment in history when the Holy Spirit comes to earth to inhabit his people. And it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Verse 9, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hit him from their sight. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> you know, there's your friend Jesus. There's Jesus you know is God the Son, Jesus. And you're talking to Jesus and he's telling you all this stuff. And then suddenly he was taken up before their very eyes. You know, like I'm talking to Andrew and suddenly he's off you know. but yeah Jesus was taken up from before their very eyes um, we couldn't nip back to verse 5 again could we is that okay can we do that um, in a few, sorry, verse 5 at the bottom here in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So basically, Jesus, so God the Son, Jesus, he's going up to heaven. So he's leaving. The disciples will not have Jesus anymore, actually as a physical friend with them. <laughs> if you leave it up, please, Steve, because I'm going to keep referring to it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So J Jesus is leaving. He's going to heaven. They've lost Jesus. But Jesus says, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So God, the son, Jesus has gone to heaven, but God, the Holy Spirit is coming down for his church. Could we move along to Acts 2, please, Steve? Right. Got too much clobber here. Okay. When the day of Pentecost came. Um, so the day of Pentecost, you'll hear Christians talk about the day of Pentecost a lot. Basically, the day of Pentecost is day one of the Christian church. Yeah. So before that day, there was, you know, Jesus's disciples. But on the day of Pentecost, that was when the Christian church came to birth. Right. Pentecost means 50 days, basically. That's all it means. So Jesus was crucified on the, the day of the Passover. 50 days after the Passover, the Jews had another big celebration, another big festival called Shavuot. Um, we call it Pentecost because Pentecost comes 50 days after Easter. That's all Pentecost means. Uh -huh. So Jesus was with them for 40 days and then he went up to heaven. It says in a few days you will receive the Holy Spirit. And here it is. We're at the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus was crucified. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
So um, they, that's the disciples, they were together in, I think they were in an upper room because they were a little bit sort of nervous. They were just meeting together in an upper room in a house. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they, they were sitting. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit is, is part of God's being. You know, obviously it's mystical, it's, it's of God. It's described as being like water, like something that baptizes you, that God pours on you. And the Holy Spirit is also like a violent wind. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is it. This is what Joel prophesied. So 800 years before this, Joel prophesied that in the, in the last days, you know, later, God will pour out his Holy Spirit on all people. This is what Joel prophesied. And here it is. It's happening. It's happening on the day of Pentecost when the Christian church came into being. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Sorry, Steve, I'm still on. on that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to quickly um, talk about speaking in tongues. Um, so speaking in tongues basically means that you speak in another language, which is in English. You speak in another language which you don't understand. And what basically speaking in tongues means that it's a way for your like the deepest parts of your being to talk to God. It, it, it's a way in which you can worship God, in which, as I say, you can communicate with God from the deeps that are inside you. Um, so they, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Speaking in tongues you do it. The Holy Spirit doesn't sort of do it for you. You have to speak in tongues. It's a little bit like, you know, last week when Morney was here, he was saying that, um, you know, when Peter um, ministered healing to the, the man who was crippled, and as Peter lifted him up, his joints and his bones were made whole as Peter lifted him up. In, in that moment of doing it, God's spirit moved in healing. Um, when we speak in tongues, it's a bit kind of like that. We have to make the noises. We have to, we speak. And yet in doing so, God then enables us to speak in tongues. And basically we, we speak in a, a language which, we, as I say, we, uh, we don't understand what we're saying. But it's very beneficial. It enables us to speak from the very depths of our heart, you know, to speak the, the most deepest emotions and feelings we have for God. It helps us to worship God. Um, yeah. 
And to begin with, it's a bit like when a baby talks, yeah? Um, sooner or later, your baby will start talking. <laughs> and of course, your, your baby will just burble and gargle, and he might say just a few words which you understand. And how will you feel when that happens? She started already, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, parents love to hear their babies talking, even if they don't talk with great sort of eloquence or whatever. As parents, we love to hear our babies talking. And that's the same with God, yeah. Um, you just make the first move, you, you begin to speak in tongues, you have to make the noises. But that the Holy Spirit will enable you. As, as the Spirit enabled them, the Holy Spirit will enable you to speak in tongues. And like I say, you know, your first experiences of speaking in tongues, it'll be just like baby talk. Yeah? But God loves to hear it. God will be absolutely delighted to hear you speaking in tongues. And like I say, it's something which is enormously beneficial to you. You know, it says in Galatians that if you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. It means you make yourself bigger and stronger. You build yourself up. It's something which is very sort of beneficial to you. Um, it's not compulsory. You know, if you're a Christian, you don't have to speak in tongues. It's perfectly acceptable not to. <laughs> Nobody will think any the worse for you if you don't. But um, it, it, it is just very beneficial and very helpful. And recorded in the book of Acts, we see that on the occasion when God poured out his Holy Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues seems to be accompanied with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So it seems to be sort of part and parcel of, of God pouring out his Spirit upon us. Yeah, so that's a quick word about speaking in tongues which yeah, I, I recommend speaking in tongues to you. It's good and um, it's very beneficial. Okay, Steve, we're ready to move on. <laughs> um, right. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So as we we're saying, Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, or what the Jews used to call the Passover, 50 days after Passover, you get this Jewish festival called Shavuot, and it's a big Jewish festival. So lots of Jews came from all the different nations around the world. Um, every nation under heaven, it says there. And yet yeah, these people heard the disciples speaking in tongues. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard of them, heard them speaking in his own language. Yeah, okay. Um, we're running out of time, so we're going to really fast forward now, Steve. Let's move on to... Can we get up to verse 13, please, Steve? I realize I'm running a bit behind. So basically, the, the Holy Spirit has come on the disciples. They were speaking in tongues. Um, 
some of the people who listened to them said uh, they made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Now, isn't that interesting that sometimes when the spirit moves, it does look a bit weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. It does look a bit weird sometimes when the Holy Spirit moves on, on a people. And actually on the very on the day of Pentecost, some of the onlookers thought that they were drunk because they were so caught up in worship because they were worshiping so enthusiastically some of the onlookers thought they were drunk some made fun of them and said they have had too much wine so if you see people getting carried away in a worship meeting they're not necessarily loco they're not <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> No, you know, they, it's that there's Holy Spirit working through them. So Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Then he says, uh, no. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. And here we are. This is odd. So imagine you've got, you know, so Jesus, God the Son in Jesus, he came to earth, yeah. He, he, he ministered to us. He died. He was crucified. He rose again. Then God ascended. God was, Jesus was taken away from this, the disciples, but the Holy Spirit came down. God, the Holy Spirit, came down to earth. And here's the Apostle Peter. He's quoting from the prophet Joel. He's quoting the exact words which Joel said 800 years earlier. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. There are your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will see dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Steve, may as well leave, leave it on. I'll be referring to it. Um, right. Okay. So God gives us his Holy Spirit. It, it's an enormous privilege for us to have the Holy Spirit. It's such a privilege that we have God, the Holy Spirit, he he lives inside us. He, we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. We have the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. God, the Holy Spirit, infuses our very beings. Um, what does God want from us, do you think? What's God looking for? When, when God gives us his Holy Spirit, what's God looking for? 
any uh, any ideas? What's God looking for? What 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 are we aiming for? When we ask God for to bless us with His Holy Spirit, what do we want it for? What are we going to do with it? To be bold, Amen. Yes. Spread the word, yeah, yeah, because it says here that um, you know Jesus said, "I will give you my Spirit, and you will be my witnesses." Throughout the whole world, yeah, spread the word to follow him, amen. Yeah, confidence, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Okay, well, in the Bible, we read about the, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, and God gives us His Holy Spirit. So that we can use the gifts of the Spirit. So the gifts of the Spirit. Why are they called gifts? Because God gives them. Yeah, easy. <laughs> um, we don't earn them. We don't have the gifts of the Spirit because we're special. The gifts of the Spirit are freely given. They're graciously given by God to us. God is a generous God. He loves to give us the gifts of the Spirit. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are... You know, we have prophecy, we have tongues, we have healing, etc. So, yeah, God wants us to move into the gifts of the Spirit. And God also wants us to move in the fruits of the Spirit. Can we nip on to Galatians, please, Steve? Right, okay. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So God graciously pours out his spirit upon us, and he wants us to produce the fruit of the spirit. So he wants us to be people of love, people of joy, people of peace, patience and kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Um. Why does an apple tree produce apples? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, a, and an apple tree produces apples because that's what it does. <laughs> it is in the very essence of an apple tree to produce apples. That's the way God made it, yeah? You could eat... Georgie. Georgie, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you could even get technical and you could say that inside every cell of that apple tree, there is the DNA of apple tree. And that DNA inside the ap apple tree cells makes it produce apples, yeah? So apple trees produce fruit, they produce apples. Uh, how about us? What fruit do we produce? Um, God graciously gives us his Holy Spirit in order that in our lives we can bear the fruit of his Spirit. And um, just as the apple tree has got the apple DNA inside it, we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, The Holy Spirit actually lives in us. 
So when Jesus said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, he means that the Holy Spirit is inside you and the Holy Spirit always becomes part of your DNA and you live by the Spirit. Your heart is open to the Spirit. And yeah, the Holy Spirit becomes part of who you are and it becomes natural for you to produce the fruit of the Spirit.